Welcome to the Brave New Workforce podcast. Um, I have my lovely co-hosts here, Larry Cornett and Trip O'Dell. Hi, guys. How are you today? Hey, Anna. Is this the I Told You So episode? Perhaps. I think, I think it is. Yeah. Perhaps. We're going to do I it mean, and be polite I, about it. But yes, well, yeah, we told you let, so. Yeah, let's be a little nicer about it because nothing, nothing says... <laughs> Uh, nothing makes people more excited when you just rub it in their face. So um, well, we're doing a current events update. I'm trying to, I'm trying to inculturate. I'm in Philadelphia now. That's kind of their brand is, uh, you know, hey, yo. <laughs> it's, but yes, uh, we're, we're, we're. You're in simula- you're si- being simulated already. I'm being, trip- a, yes. <laughs> I told you so. Yeah. Adapting to the culture quite quickly, okay. huh? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So um, this podcast is kind of just uh, an update on the current events versus when we started this podcast back uh, back in March, or at least the conception of this podcast back in March. I think we actually released our first episode in August, July, in July. <laughs> July, July. Think, yeah. It was technically July, but it's yeah. basically August. It was, <laughs> I learned a lot about perfectionism. Because, remember, it was hot. Yeah, it was, it was hot. hot. It was um, so now as we are coming to more of the colder uh, winter months, at least in North America, here in Costa Rica, it's just rainy. So um, It's always the same in Costa Rica. Oh, well, yeah. It's, it's just the same. That's what you get for being on <laughs> the equator. We have two seasons. It's rainy and not rainy. And right now we're on the rainy one. So um, there's things that are happening that we we kind of predicted and they're coming true. For example, we have... Uh, a third lockdown, a third wave. Um, the people were talking yeah. early, early July, June, that we'd have a vaccine at the end of the year. Right. Um, right. Uh, we're talking, they were talking about um, how everything would be back to normal in a few yep. months. And everybody'd be back in the offices, right? Yeah. So let's kind of update people. It's a mass exodus from the cities. Yeah, we were yeah, talking about that's that. Right, like that's right. That this we is going to be this that. mass migration, and it is one of the largest migrations of people in a short period of time since the Great Northern Migration in the in the early twentieth century. That's right. And everybody laughed, and yeah. everybody said not true. And now San Francisco rents have dropped thirty one percent because people are exiting the city. So yeah. New York's everything that we, New York's that we said was going to happen kind of yeah. happened. I mean, I yeah. I cashed in on that. I mean, we we sold our big house, or well, we sold our house for a lot more money than we bought it for uh, in in Seattle, and we moved across the country to Philadelphia. And we houses are we're going in like two or three days here because people are moving out of Philadelphia and into the suburbs. And it's it's, uh, but we got a lot more house and a lot more land and much better schools and a much lower price than. You know, it was it was a good move for my family, but we're like that was a big change. I mean, we're part of that migration as well. And Larry, you know, you're you're looking around. You've you're up in the mountains in the Sierras. Yeah. You're looking around and seeing how crowded it's getting and making decisions. <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, we made the move up here like five years ago, um, and it's been you know mostly quiet local folks. People have been here for. 40, 50 years, you know, raise their families here. And then suddenly they all started putting their homes on the market and getting out of California. So most of the folks have, have left California, put their houses on the market. They sold within like a week. Um, my new neighbor is in tech. They were 
from the the Silicon Valley world and working in the tech industry. So a lot of people from the Bay Area are starting to move up and buy homes in Truckee and, and up where we are and get closer to Lake Tahoe and creating this, as we talked about, this Zoom town effect. Um, and it's so it's happening. The exodus is occurring and we're starting to see like more companies jumping on the remote forever bandwagon that's been announced. Uh, Microsoft announced recently, they said, yep, we have employees. If they want to work remote forever, they can. If they want to relocate within the U.S. or even internationally, work with their manager and they can. Dropbox just announced, was it yesterday, day before? And they said, we are going virtual first. We're going to be a virtual first company and people can work remotely. They're going to try to have flexible working schedules. And they said, you know, don't worry about it. It's going to be what they call nonlinear workdays. So they'll have some overlap for collaboration through, I'm sure, video chat and so forth. But they're doing what we were saying, which is if you're a knowledge worker, you don't have to work the the same hours as all of your coworkers. You can work hours that are more beneficial for you and your schedule and your family. And if you want to work at 2 a.m., work at 2 a.m., your call. You know, just make sure you leave a little bit of time to talk with people. But other than that, why not take advantage of what this offers us, which is complete flexibility? It's funny because I work, uh, I like to wake up in the middle of the night. That's just the way my brain works. And I've been collaborating a lot with the India team, who's used to collaborating with the uh, Silicon Valley team, San Francisco team. And I keep telling uh, my manager in India, saying, hey, if you want to schedule a call at 3.30 India time, you can do that. That's like 4 4 a.m. my time, 5 a.m. my time. And he's getting a hard, it's a hard time for him to wrap this concept around. He's like, no, you need to sleep. And I'm like, right. I sleep fine. <laughs> I wake up naturally me. at three in, in the morning. So if you want to schedule something earlier for you and your team to collaborate, that's like at least a little more reasonable for you guys because they're up till like one in the morning working with San Francisco. Um, and, and it's just getting, it's like, I'm trying to drill it in that it's okay to schedule 4 a.m. meetings for me because to me this is perfect prime time brain hour, uh, and 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 I think more managers are going to get more comfortable with with that concept that yeah if I'm in India and this person wants to wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning we can we can make it happen you know yeah I mean it changes a bunch of stuff too because it you know having visited some of those offices in in India um, when I was when I was with Adobe uh, was. Uh, they they have a cadence to their day. Uh, your calls with India from California were either at seven or eight a.m. or eleven p.m. or midnight, just for where the days overlapped. Uh, but in between, they were sort of like free to do work, right? They they actually had right. a good chunk yeah. of the day that they could be heads down, and they weren't constantly in meetings. Um, and it's it's interesting to see how these changes are happening. I mean, th- these Bay Area companies, because of the cost of living there, it's uh, so expensive. They're they're kind of looking at their entire workforce, pulling an Irish goodbye, and just like, oh, you want me to? Co- you're opening the office now. You need me to come back in. Yeah, I moved to Montana. Um, that's not going to work for me, right? So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly, it's, exactly. And I think like the big holdout is Google. Uh, they they're trying to figure out what it means for them. And they're and it's going to be a disadvantage mm-hmm. for them uh, because they they still want that that on site culture and those big hubs and those big buildings. Um, well, 
I think it's funny because it's, I mean, you've experienced it. I've experienced it. Anna's always lived it. Um, I've been watching, I'm on, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So I've been watching the tech community in particular talking about how this, this wave has hit them from the very beginning in March and you know, everybody was upset and frustrated and they missed the office and adjusting and then realizing like, wait a second, I'm no longer driving two, three, four, five hours a day. I'm no longer commuting um, all these hours and I'm spending time with my family. I'm working out, I'm cooking. I have time to do things and my schedule's flexible. And I've been watching them shift to the other side where they said, okay, it's, this has gone on for so long. I can't go back. I, I, I can't do this again. And then if any company, and I know some are thinking about it, they're thinking about pulling people back into the office probably next year, maybe. And they said, they're going to be enough companies that don't do it because they've realized the benefits they've realized, as we heard from the protoscore guy, the, the, the strategy officer, he's like, Hey, people are actually more productive. They're actually working longer hours. His name, Tom Moran, just for reference. Yeah. And Tom, Tom, Tom that's right. Thank you. The fringe benefits that we were also talking about, like, yeah, our sexual harassment claims have collapsed and our racial discrimination claims have collapsed. Like all of these other things. That's amazing. You can't, uh, it, that was one of the things that, um, people had argued against remote work was that, uh, discrimination was going to increase, but it seems that it has decreased. So, yeah. Well, and part of my big move is I, I started with a new company here, a startup in Philadelphia, um, that is focusing on, uh, they do restaurant meal delivery, uh, and they work, they sell directly to small businesses like restaurants and, and grocery stores and those sorts of things. And we're helping our customers experiment with new models, these main street brick and mortar companies, because that's, that's the thing that I'm most interested in. That's the thing that actually, um, you know, as satisfying as it might be to say like, aha, we, we told you so, uh, you know, the, 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 we were right for these big companies and they've got to pivot and rethink and they're going to be fine. Um, it's the small entrepreneurs, um, that are holding on by their fingernails that are the ones that that's really satisfying work for me right now is trying to help these people innovate and bring that's a good point. Bring, bring, and, and we need more of that. And I think there's a lot of gaps too. I mean, there's a lot of things like housing is becoming harder for people to get um, because there's so much, there's a, there's a big crunch in, in supply and the building industry is going bananas and the building supply industry is going bananas because of that demand. Um, and schools certainly haven't figured it out. School's been a disaster. And it's going to get, and um, in this little rural area that I'm staying in right now, I got my hair cut um, uh, the other day. And yes, I still go to the barber, Anna. Uh, <laughs> I don't have I don't have to DIY it. What what I don't understand is why. What what benefit? Just buy a nice razor and just go on the, yeah, but then in the I have shower. To clean it. Then I have to clean it. It's and not it's, in the shower. Well, yeah, but you know, Anna, it's stop talking about the shower. Yeah, I just like to go. I just like to go and Even have being somebody, practical. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Aerodynamic. It's just getting it, getting it taken off. But anyway, like the Dutch. Yeah, the the guy's stepson came in, and they're already preloaded. Because here in this rural area, like you guys have 
trying to record these podcasts has been really difficult because the internet connectivity is so slow. I'm the, the yeah yeah. There's it's it's terrible, and you couldn't possibly educate children on this even if you had good connectivity, um, or uh, even if they they knew how to do it well. The connectivity just isn't there, and they're already loading kids up with packages uh, of packets of stuff that they need to work on uh, if the school shuts down. So the schools have, have at least prepared at this point to be able to say, yep, uh, it's for real. It's surging. It's up. I mean, the data is all there. It's 50% uh, in, increase in the, uh, in the number of cases uh, month over month. And yeah. it's going to accelerate probably all the way through the holidays as people don't distance in the, uh, it's unfortunate, but I think you're right. Gatherings and everything else. Yeah, that's the one thing we haven't talked about is uh, the schools that some of them tried to return. Uh, colleges and universities did it too. They brought people back to campus, and they quickly found out it's like you know, young people are young people. You know, they they want to gather, they want to have parties. You know, and they were like, oh my goodness, these kids in the dorms and fraternities and sororities, they're they're not distancing, they're having parties. Like, of Imagine course they that. are. You know, and so they're having these huge outbreaks and they're shutting down sororities and fraternities and the dorms. And they're like, well, we thought it was going to work. Uh, I mean, like my son's school, they were going to try to open up a little bit, and then they had a surge in cases, and they they slammed the door shut and said, okay. We're going to be 100% virtual now. It's like, so my son's been living with us going to college. Um, and it's uh, it's happening across the country. I know it's even happening internationally. I have some friends in the UK. They're like, yeah, it's our university doesn't want us on campus. We have to like schedule time to go to the library. It's, it's changing everything. And it's not like we're just going to flip a switch and go back to normal. And as Anna said, the vaccine's not coming. It's not coming this year. Um, they've already paused trials because they were having lots of issues. I think three pharmaceutical companies have paused. So let's, uh, there is no knight on a horse coming to save us. We got to make this work. As we were but saying, it's like, go all in and make this work. But even then, I mean, people are like, oh, once we have the vaccine, we'll all be back to normal. But the thing is, this could be another flu virus where every year you just get it. And instead of just getting sick and going to the That's doctor right. if it gets really bad or just taking some cough medicine, it, it turns deadly. You know, um, I think people are not realizing that this isn't just a thing that you can get vaccinated on and you're one and done. It could mutate. And yeah, studies yeah, have exactly. shown are coming out that even people who have been infected by the COVID virus, they're still they still at high risk or there's yeah. permanent damage. Like the singer from Tool, James Maynard Keenan, he got uh, infected in February and he's saying that he still has uh, he has permanent lung damage from the virus. And he's still despite being, quote unquote, cured, he still has lasting effects from the virus. And a vaccine isn't going to fix that no, or solve fix that. that. No. So um, a vaccine is uh, everybody. I feel like a lot of people, a, a large majority of the population is waiting for the vaccine. And that's going to be like the knight in shining armor. But right. we don't really know if that's going to be the knight in shining armor. And you cannot base your livelihood ba uh, slowly on this vaccine and waiting for your life to go back to normal because there is a big possibility. Let's just say, let's just give it 50, 50 chance uh, to be optimistic slash pessimistic on it. You can't yeah. get wait to restart your career on a 50, 50 chance. What people find 
more, and there's been tons of research on this. What people find more stressful than anything is the unknown, the uncertainty, the stress of not knowing what tomorrow is going to be like, or the week after or the month after. I mean, it's, there's enough negative stuff that we're dealing with that we don't need the uncertainty on top of it. So I've been most impressed with the schools and the companies that have said, taken a hard stance and said, you know what, we're not going to wait. We're not going to keep hoping. We're just going to go ahead and transition to this so that everyone, our employees, our students, we can have certainty. And once we have that and we know what we're going to do to deal with it, we're going to move forward. And it's a new world, but we're going to deal with it the best that we can. We're not going to keep hoping and churning everybody because it's like if you're sitting there waiting, thinking that something's going to be different tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, that's a horrible state to be in. It's better to just swallow the bitter pill and say, this is it. Now let's make the best of it. Well, that's a bummer. Um, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like this is it come in trip like it or love wow, it buzz kill right no but come the, in, trip. the <laughs> but the thing the thing is is that um it, you know it's like what we said i think it was like the, it doesn't have to be this way it doesn't like it's not just like it, it's just gonna suck and you're just gonna have to live with it indefinitely because it's gonna suck yeah i don't think it i don't think it sucks i think it's i think if you accept it and you embrace it and you we all know this because we live this life it's better i mean i i am now talking with people because i do calls with people every week talking about trying to plan their future and and should i you know leave and join another company should i start a business they have turned the corner on this and said i like this more this is better and even some of the extroverts who really hated it a few extroverts stepped up thankfully and said Hey, people, you can still get your social fix, but it doesn't have to be your colleagues and your coworkers. It's like it can be your family and your neighbors and people that you share kind of the social distancing policy with. And I have friends who've been meeting with their neighbors and friends in the backyard and they're having drinks around the bonfire. They're making it work so you can get the, what you need socially. It's just different. It's not going to work and rubbing elbows with people anymore. But I, I'm thinking like even how, what would better look like? This was part of our new reality, um, you know, for the long term, like Anna's saying, it's just this recurring thing that comes around cyclically and that there's, I mean, I think they've gotten way better at treating it. Um, you know, the, the fatality rates for the infection rates are way lower, I think. Absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely true. Which is great. Um, but. I think when you when you look at this as like sort of a persistent background threat, what are the things that we should be investing in anyway that we haven't, uh, like for real high speed internet around the country, right? Yeah, for real, you're right. You know, for real education reform and investment in schools, better and healthcare tools. systems, yeah. and mental health systems, and like the things like yes. there are real long-term outcomes like there's going to be a high rates of alcoholism and high rates of depression and high rates of anxiety coming out of this um and we've got this we've got this election coming up we've got the turning of a page possibly like where what does the future look like you can't double down on the past uh and right you know making like we want to make something 
great in its own right? What does that look like? And I think we have to have a conversation about where do, what did we learn from this? <laughs> How do we apply it for something better in the future? Anna, what, what do you think of that? Well, I mean, one of the things I want to note is that, like we were saying, we can't predict the future. Their uncertainty is very high for a lot of individuals. Um, one of, A great coping strategy is reframing your mind into a positive mindset, a positive, like reframing has done so much for the brain in terms of how it calms itself down. So for example, you might picture a scenario where you just got into a car accident and you can go, oh, this, this guy, this jerk face uh, completely hit me out of like he wasn't paying attention. He was on his phone. There's a lot of negative situations or negative framings that you could do. Instead, you can reframe it saying, I'm lucky that I got hit because who knows a future in like I could have gotten hit by a truck in, you know, in a hundred meters down the line or, yeah, um, or this is hurt a, a lot worse. Yeah. I give it hurt a lot worse. Or, I mean, I get a new opportunity to buy a new car that the insurance pays for. So there's a lot of situations where you can just reframe the mind for a positive outcome. And it does a lot for your immune system and your stress when you can try and see the good in a very negative situation. So that's like one thing I would kind of say when you're trying to think for the future, instead of going, oh, I got to move or, ah, I got to do this. I need to learn a new skill set. These are all, can be all very good things for your career. Um, to answer more specifically your question, trip, what was, uh, I lost my train of thought. What was your well, question? Like yeah, how I to mean, prepare you'd, for the future? You'd raised your hands, but, it, but I think like to your point, like, that's really what we're what we've been doing for these last 20 something episodes is like mm-hmm. everybody's been treating this thing as like oh well someday we'll get back to what was what we had and and that life is going to go back to normal and that there will be no so but reframing it as well was it that great and what could better look like like could this be a lucky thing could this be something that I look back at the last yeah, nine yeah. months and all of the turmoil that we've gone through and had a lot of together time with my kids, but, and I'm looking forward to them having friends outside of this house that we're in because there's no, there's nothing for them to do. Yes. But yeah. This is going to be a time that I remember in their lives where we, we spent a lot of time together, you know, and, and, and it's reframing that as, as you said. Well, the other thing I've noticed already happening, which is kind of incredible, and and we called this as well, is that you're no longer tied to just looking for a job opportunity or your next career move in the same city where you're based or saying, oh, I could take this other job, but then I got to reload. I got to move my entire family and I got to do this and I got to do that. But we have friends here and we don't want to move. I'm now talking with people that said, I never thought about this, but it's like, I can take a job anywhere. Because they're all saying that it's remote. And some of them are now finally saying, even after all this, quote, if there is an after, you don't have to move. Don't worry about it. You know, you just stay where you are and keep working with us. I'm starting to see international opportunities. So we've been working with people who are based in the U.S. and they're feeling like they're restricted to U.S.-based companies. And I said, that's not true anymore. You can have all kinds of opportunities with companies that are based all over the world. And it goes and vice versa. I said, now that we all have this opportunity, it changes the playing field and it changes what's possible 
and it just opens up so many ways for you to kind of move forward with your life and your career in ways that weren't possible before. Because who wanted to relocate thousands of miles every time you change jobs? Yeah, and also I think um, the United States is so big that it's almost closed off because Europeans are used to working with other people in other countries. But for example, I have a company in Costa Rica, and if I were to bill a U.S. client from Costa Rica, that's like super sketch. Uh, for the longest time, it's like, no, no, no. So having a U.S. company billing a U.S. company, there's this like added safety. So the Americans have been like kind of the hardest ones to break into almost because they have this perspective that the outside world, especially Latin America, is just full of drug lords and crazy people running from any, everything and anything. Whereas Europeans, it wasn't that sketchy if I was like, oh, yeah, I have a company in Costa Rica. I'm going to bill you from Costa Rica. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. You live in Costa Rica. Therefore, I should pay you in Costa Rica, you know. So I'm curious to see a more open border mindset um, from such a large economic country. Um, yeah. No, I think that's going to be exciting. And I, and I think just the experiences as we've been talking about, it's going to be better. And I think people didn't initially see it that way, but... You know, when you're the kind of person that you're sitting in a physical meeting room and you don't speak up because you're intimidated or you're shy, it's a little bit easier when you have kind of control over the situation. You're in your comfort zone and conversations and communications all tracked. And we were talking about the harassment charges going now. It's like if someone's going to behave like that, now there's a trail. It's like it's not going to be something that somebody said in a hallway or in a room where nobody saw it. And it's, you know, this, oh, well, they said this and you said that. It's like, no, there is now documentation that shows everything. And so I think there is a lot of benefits to this that we haven't fully embraced yet, but it is, it's going to be different. And I think we can make it better. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. And I mean, that's something, um, the innovation that's coming out of uh, a lot of smaller companies is, is quite stunning because they're really forced, they're forced into a box now that they have to think outside of or else they'll go under. So the human mind can get pretty creative when it when it's been pushed into uh, a certain, um, something Tom said that we didn't actually uh, talk too much about was that all the money the companies are saving on sexual harassment charges can now be put into technology. This is something that he had briefly discussed. But imagine the innovation that comes out of, I mean, I think he said something like it costs $300,000 just to do a sexual harassment lawsuit, plus um, all the all the money that they would spend on client uh fluffing services like to to meet them face to face um what what is the, the, the great uh a word for Let's it don't but call any, it that yeah. <laughs> just don't don't yeah it's not not yeah just the combination was, anyway my point is, is that the amount of money that can be reinverted and reinvested into technology and innovation uh, there's so much room. There's so much room for growth and opportunity. Um, yeah. Just based on that alone. I mean, I, I wish. All right, Trip, it's your turn now. Yeah. This Well, this is what I was trying to say is that I wish there were uh, a venture capital fund that was just dedicated on making office stuff work again. Right. Uh, there's so much, so many things. I mean, that's been the biggest yeah. opportunity that I've seen. The most painful part of all of this in working and trying to collaborate is everybody wants, well, I've got this over in Google Sheets. Well, I've got it in Airtable. 
well, how about, well, it sent, you sent it to me in email or Slack right, or anything. Right. Stuff yeah. that pulls it all together, like having to remember to hit record on the video or I don't have permissions to record or what have you. Right. Like you've yeah. really got to, we're connected over freaking radio waves going back and forth all over the world. We're getting real time video feeds, but we still have to take paper based notes on what was said and what happened. What are the to do's? I mean, there's a huge right. opportunity yeah. there of, of innovation so in changing the way that we think about work. There's so many things that are still broken and they were broken before we went into lockdown and they're still broken. They just feel them more. So in entrepreneurs go fix that. Absolutely. I mean, we talked, uh, it's an episode we haven't released yet, but we talked with Brian Cooter, um, and they are investing in startups that are all kind of working remotely and the incubators being run remotely. So they, they no longer, it's uh, tech stars. So they no longer have to go somewhere for two weeks and kind of be together. It's like, don't worry about it. Stay where you are. We're going to do this all remotely. And I think it's going to spawn a whole new level of innovation. And, and I hope, like you're saying, we, we need some of these folks to step up and fix some of this because it's a, uh, it was never great before. It's we're bursting at the seams now um, with our experiences with Zoom and so forth. Uh, and Zoom just announced like they're trying to become a hardcore platform, right? So they announced their events platform. Um, I took a peek at it. You know what's interesting about it is that we were just talking about these small businesses and entrepreneurs struggling to kind of figure out, well, how do I take what I've had in terms of a physical experience in a physical business. So, so for example, I saw somebody had a yoga studio experience and they got hit hard. They're like, well, what am I going to do? People aren't going to be able to come physically into my studio anymore. And we have all these issues in some places it's not allowed at all. And I'm seeing people now putting up zoom sessions. So it's like, sign up, get a ticket to my zoom session. We're going to do an hour of yoga together every day, whatever it might be. It's interesting. I think it's just such an enabler that it's getting people to think differently about what value they provide. My favorite part in all of this is these people are like, this sucks. I don't like being, you know, locked in my SF apartment and blah, blah, blah. You know, all, all this complaining about social distancing. They're the ones that are also saying, I'm moving to Mars. If you can't, like when, when Elon goes to Mars, I'm going to Mars and it's like, you can't handle <laughs> six yeah. months of, of, uh, of social distancing, <laughs> yeah. but you're going to make a one way trip to the red planet with no Wi-Fi, right? Like that's and live in uh, a bubble. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. I think it, it was interesting. Uh, uh, Stuart Butterfield was talking about this with Slack and he said, Hey, we've built this enabling platform that's supposed to help people. <laughs> you know, collaborate and communicate and work together from anywhere, but we haven't kind of been eating our own dog food until recently. And that's something uh, else because a lot of their engineers were all based in. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I mean, that was the funny thing is ironically their, their engineers were almost all based in San Francisco, but I think they're now embracing it too. Um, And talking about, and Stuart was talking about that too. And somebody said, Oh, when are we going back to the office? And he's like, really? He said, was that really that great of an experience in the first place? You know, the open offices and all the interruptions. And it's like, nah, it's not. So uh, it's it's high time that we embraced and used our own tools that we've been pushing on everyone else saying, hey, use our tools to, to chat over video and to communicate over Slack and to share your documents and annotate things. It's like, 
let's eat our own dog food. Let's let's use these tools. We'll realize that they need to be a lot better and start investing and making them a lot better. So what is our takeaway other than I told you so? That's the only one they need, Anne. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm just going to say that on my it, what we said then I think still holds true today. It's like stop waiting for this to be over. Stop waiting for someone to rescue you. Stop thinking it's going to go back to, quote, normal. Just stop. Um, you're going to be so much happier. Yeah, and stop <laughs> waiting for opportunity to come to you. Like, the opportunity yeah, is out exactly. there. Yeah, they are there. The, all these opportunities are there. So that that's my big takeaway and my advice for everyone is move forward with a clean slate and say, this is the way it is. How can I make the most of it? What are the great parts about it? Because they do exist. Do a little bit of a gratitude exercise and say, oh, no, I don't have to drive four hours every day. I get to like work out and see my kids and cook great meals and read a book. Do that. Stop working so much, folks. You, From what we're seeing, you're working 14, 16-hour days. Don't do that. Take that time that you've recovered for your life and give it back to yourself and your friends and your loved ones and do something with it. You're going to be so much happier. I'm telling you, you're going to really enjoy it. And, you know, obviously do great work for your employer if you're employed, but they don't get to have every aspect of your life. Take some of those hours and give them back to yourself. Uh, and if you need some help kind of reorganizing and redefining your life through remote work, uh, we are here for you. We are a great resource. If I say so myself, uh, you can find us at thebraveworkforce.com. You can also email me at Anna at thebraveworkforce.com with any questions, concerns. If you need help, we're here to help you. Uh, we have tons of resources. Uh, and I read every email I get. So send that email. Trip, and you want to lead us out? Yeah, no, I guess. Thanks for sticking with us this long. You know, even when we're obnoxious and saying I told you so. But um, yeah. keep, and keep putting foot, one foot in front of the other. Better days are ahead. 